You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who's inside. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. I'm joined alongside tonight the uh, the amazing Paul Brettel from uh, PackersWire.com and Dairyland Express, one of our favorite writers, our Packers insider, also has an awesome YouTube channel. You guys need to make sure you check that out. Uh, something else he won't tell you is he's a Christmas tree uh, expert, I guess you could say. Did you find the right one this year, Paul? It's perfect. We outdid ourselves. I don't want to brag, don't want to pat myself on the shoulder, but compared to past years, we outdid ourselves. And I told Clayton before last week's show that the Friday after Thanksgiving, that's our that's our um, family tradition, it was the same for me growing up and now doing the same in my household. The day after Thanksgiving, we go pick out our Christmas tree, get it all set up, decorated, all that good stuff. One of my favorite days of the year, especially especially since becoming a dad. Yeah, it's awesome. And we, we've got a little uh, tradition we do here too. Usually for uh, the Christmas tree lot in there at Rockefeller Center in New York. That night we get together and kind of, you know, throw some Christmas cookies out there and, and sit around and uh, mm-hmm. sit around the fire and watch them light the trees. So I love Christmas, man. I'm a sucker for it. My wife is, she is psycho, Paul. Like we have, it's unbelievable. The decoration, she was actually putting a, a Green Bay Packers tree up just a second ago. So like I tell her, as long as you enjoy it, all right, because it's something I'm not going to put a whole lot of time into. But, boy, I love looking at it, especially with that right. coffee this morning. But uh, anyway, we got the uh, the Chiefs coming to town for Sunday night football. 
I'm really excited about this game, Paul. Um, it's going to be, you know, we said last week was going to be a big test, you know, with Detroit, and obviously it was. I feel like they passed it in flying colors. Maybe we'll start there and get your take on the Lions game, but I'm really, really eager to hear what you got to say about the Chiefs too. And then, of course, injury updates. But let's start with the Lions game. We're already off cuff. I told you exactly what we were doing. We're doing something mm-hmm. totally different. <laughs> What's just your quick takeaway from the Lions game? Because it was, man, what one of the best Thanksgivings I can remember in a long time, Paul. It was fantastic, and at least for me, it was one of those games where as you're watching it unfold, you're just kind of like waiting, like, all right, when does this end? When does something bad happen? When does the script flip? Because that's just kind of how things have gone this season, but they played so well. Like, even like looking back at the Chargers win, you know, I think we talked about it. You could pick out three or four plays that went the Packers' way because of the Chargers' mistakes. But this one, like, the Packers controlled that game, and it felt like if a few plays flipped, it could have been – a blowout like they can only won by seven but controlled it for more of the game as we all saw but it felt like it had like 38 to 17 type of vibes like that's the type of control that they were in in that game and uh what stood out to me the most was obviously Jordan Love's performance but specifically that he did it with kind of one hand tied behind his back without a run game to lean on I know we talked about you know which way are they gonna go whether they come out throwing whether they try to lean on the run game and right out the bat, they came out throwing, which again, on paper, how do you attack this Lions defense? That's what you got to do. That front seven is they're ferocious. They've been really, really good against the run this season. So, so Green Bay didn't have a run game to really lean on. The fact that they had the lead for and a multiple score lead for much of the game allowed the run game to still be a part of the offense. I think combined Dylan and Taylor had 19 carries. But it's not exa- not as if they could lean on it. It didn't exactly, you know, strike fear in the Lions. wasn't really helping to set up a ton of play action opportunities. Although the Packers, like they do, still took their swings off of it. But the fact that Love, this young offense, was able to put up, move the ball like they did, put up the numbers that they did, put up the points like they did while not having that run game to lean on, being one dimensional to a degree, because that's always going to help benefit the defense and a really good one that you're going up against. I think to me that really signifies the the growth that this group has had because it wasn't that long ago, a couple weeks even, where if if this group was one-dimensional in obvious passing situations, pass rush can pin its ears back, defense can get into favorable matchups, like they did not hold up well. But this last Thursday, they absolutely did. So for me, that was one of the biggest takeaways, not just the numbers that they put up, but the passing game had to shoulder the workload, and it absolutely did. Absolutely. And, you know, some people were saying, well, you know, the 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 Lions helped them out with the fumbles. Every one of those fumbles, it was because Rashawn Gary or Carl Brooks beat their guy, hustled, made the play. You know, I, I didn't feel like it was they were being careless with the football as much as it was mm-hmm. this defense just stepping up and making plays. It was just so much fun to watch, man. I, and, you know, just uh, seeing Christian Watson kind of rebound, you know, he's had a rough go at it this year. And, and obviously everything that's happened on Twitter and the back and forth and, and all that, it was just so good to see him kind of get that game under his belt because I think it could be kind of a precursor to what we've seen last year. You know, obviously he got hot in, in November and struggled up to that point. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers obviously said that it was – they asked him, what do you think of Christian Watson's coming out for? And he said, I think it's a, a perfect case study on how one play can change everything for a player. And uh, that's exactly what, what you've seen last year, and I'm hoping that that game kind of sparks him, uh, you know, going down the stretch here. Because, Paul, I can't believe we're talking about it, but we got a shot at the playoffs, my man. How cool is that? I know. 
it just really came it, out of nowhere. And I mean, looking ahead at the the schedule, there's the the playoff predictor where you can go through and you know pick which games they win, what they lose, and what the percentage is. Like if they finish out the season four and two, I think the odds or the percentage was at like 76, 77%. It was wow. really, really high for them. So it they you know they're at the point in the season where you know, they still control their own destiny. If they can rally off some wins and their schedule, uh, once they get on the other side of this Chiefs game, becomes very favorable. I mean, outside of the Chiefs, they don't have any matchups against teams that are over 500 at the moment. The 6-6 six and six Vikings are the record-wise best team left on the calendar. So they're trending in the right direction. You know, you never want to look at a, a, you know, obviously the Packers don't, but we on the outside looking in can kind of look ahead at the schedule and say, oh, they should win this one or this one's going to go that way. But, you know, the way things are looking, they're definitely going to have their opportunity for it. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, obviously the key to, to beating the Chiefs uh, this week, I think, is going to be how healthy can this team get, right? I mean, obviously going into Detroit, you were – when we seen the inactives, I thought, oh, man, it's just not going to happen, you know. And to see that team react and respond was just absolutely amazing. If we do indeed get some of these starters back, whether it's Jair and Rudy or or whoever it may be, um, you know, I think it's obviously going to increase our chances of upsetting the Chiefs, which at last I heard were six-and-a-half-point favorites. But mm-hmm. as far as on the injury front, Paul, what have you heard as far as the latest? How do you see the injuries playing out up to this point with the latest injury report? So my guess right now, as long as that list is at the moment, I think, they're going to go into Sunday's game relatively healthy. I think they're going to be in better shape than what they were against Detroit. And I mean, that's not saying a ton, but for how long the list looks right now, I think they're, I think the outlook's going to be a lot better come Sunday. I think the the biggest news right now is uh, Jaden Reed. So it didn't practice the last two days is uh, with that chest injury and he was available at his locker today and we had the opportunity to speak with him. So that chest injury and he didn't specify what it was, but he suffered it early on in the Chargers game. So he's essentially been playing with it for almost two full games now. And as we remember last week, he was on that injury report on Tuesday, uh, but didn't have an injury designation. I think he played 41 snaps on offense, three on special teams against the Lions. He was a full go. This week, as I mentioned, he hasn't practiced uh, either of the two days. From the sounds of it, it is more precautionary. Uh, he was asked kind of point blank, is this uh, precautionary? And he said, yes. Uh, right now, what his injury needs, whatever it is in his chest area, is rest, time to heal. And of course, the middle of the week is going to provide that. He was also asked, again, pretty straightforward, does the injury that you have, is that going to have an impact? Is that going to have an effect on Sunday's game? And he said he didn't believe so. So Based on those comments, sounds like he's absolutely very hopeful to be out there on Sunday. If I were to take a guess, I would guess that he's going to be out there as well. Jair Alexander also seems to be trending in the right direction. Joe Barry told us today that he's had two really good days of practice. Uh, mentioned that you know as players are working back, you add a little bit more to their plate, a little bit more to their plate. And Jair, the last two days, again, in terms of how he feels coming off that injury, uh, Joe said he, he's responded well. So so again, Jair seems to be trending in the right direction. Darnell Savage, he's still technically on IR, but he's been a full participant in practice, so he's going to be back out there for Green Bay. Uh, the other big one, uh, Devondre Campbell. So this one is this one's a little more trickier, and I'm, I'm going to do my best to read between the leaves or read between <laughs> the lines, read the tea leaves. But he was a full participant last Wednesday before the Lions game. 
And so right. seeing that, I thought that there was an opportunity for him to be on the field. As we all know, he didn't play. He's uh, dealing with that neck stinger that he suffered against the Chargers. So I wonder if that was an instance of, and again, it's just me speculating, but I wonder if that was an instance of he felt better on Wednesday. And again, last week, because it was a short week, they didn't have any true practices. It was their estimation on if they were on the practice field, what these guys would have, their participation level would have been. But I do wonder if he went from a full participation, has been limited this week, didn't play against the Lions, if maybe woke up that Thursday game day. And again, how do you respond after a day of practice? Maybe he didn't respond as they had hoped, decided to play the, you know, like the Packers do, take the safe way, give them that extra time to rest. So it's been limited each day this week. So again, hopefully someone. And again, I know I'm really reading between the lines there, but hopefully someone that's trending in the right direction. I think Rudy Ford's heading that way as well. And how the Packers go about handling that safety position in particular, like if Rudy Ford back is back, like I said, Darnell Savage is going to be back on Sunday. It's going to be really interesting. I think what they'll do is what they'll what they've done all year. It's going to be Darnell Savage. It's going to be Rudy Ford as your starters. What I would like to see them do is a bit more of a rotation. And what I mean by that is Savage and Ford are your starters when they're in their uh, dime, dime coverage lineup for the seven, eight, 10 snaps a game, whatever it ends up being. I like to see Anthony Johnson as that third safety near the box. He has a lot of experience in that type of role from his time in college. And also again, keeps giving him some experience. Where I'd like to see Owens worked in is in more of those kind of obvious running situations, short yardage uh, uh, downs for the opposing defense. Because like we saw against the Lions team, like that's the strength of his game where he really excels. And, you know, if you get the combination of him and Rudy Ford on some of those uh, obvious running downs or, again, short down in distances where they can play downhill, I really like that combination at the safety position and more of those coverage situations you have Darnell Savage in there. I don't think that's what they're going to do. That's just my (laughs) – how I would like to see things play out. So you're safe to – you know, you don't have to worry about any of that happening because it's my prediction or not my prediction, but my thought. But what I think is going to be a Savage and Rudy Ford back there. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with everything you said. Uh, I worry, Paul. I worry about this defense because they're starting to they're continuing to get better. It seems you're right. You're playing better opponents now on offense. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you play the Chargers than the Lions. They seem to be stepping up. They got this. Uh, I don't know this this chemistry about them right now. I'm really worried about, you know, Jair Alexander, Rudy Ford, these guys stepping back in the lineup. Listen, I'm the president of the Rudy Ford fan club versus Foros. But it's like, is is there going to be rust there to knock off? And is that going to mess with the rhythm? You know, that that worries me a little bit. And it, it sounds silly thinking, okay, you're telling me you wouldn't play Jair if he was healthy. No, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it just, I don't know. I just got a bad feeling about throwing multiple people back into the starting lineup. You would think that's a good thing. But I'm sure I'm just overthinking it anyway. But as far as on the offensive side of the ball, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the approach should be from Green Bay? Maybe what your prediction would be, but also um, how do you think they should approach attacking this Chiefs defense? You know, because I think it's a big misconception that people just assume, oh, the Chiefs are a great offensive team; they're a bad defensive team. It's, it's really mm-hmm. quite the opposite. I mean, you're talking about a legit top three, you know, at least a top five defense in the league. But how do you think the Packers should attack? Them? Yeah, they're giving up only 16 and a half points per game this season. And we're wow. basically in December. Uh, we're about two, two-thirds way through the year. Like the small sample size arguments kind of getting tossed out the window at this point. But 
two two things on this side of the ball. Big thing I'll be watching is how do the Packers ha- Packers handle the the Chiefs pressure packages, their blitzes. Chiefs blitz a ton. They blitz at the sixth highest rate in football. They rank second in pressure rate, fourth in total sacks this season. And I believe it was uh, Ben Sermons, the Packers running back coach this week. He said that there's no one in terms of that defense is off limits in terms of who they'll send. They'll send everybody. The cornerback, Trent McDuffie, ranks first out of all cornerbacks in terms of pass rush snaps, so blitz opportunities this season. Legereus Sneed, again, out of all cornerbacks, ranks 19th. The Chiefs have three linebackers in the top 44 in terms of pass rush snaps out of, I believe, 145 linebackers. Uh, Safety, Justin Reed, ranks 11th in pass rush snaps. So we just kind of went through every position on that defensive side of the ball, and they got several players who are all getting after the quarterback. Like Ben Sermon said, nobody's off limits. They'll send everyone. And they do a really good job of disguising when they're going to send, who they're going to send. So we talked about it last week with with Detroit and Josh Meyer specifically on the importance, and this is always the case, but it gets magnified when the defense is going to try to you know, be as aggressive, be as, as physical as the, as the Kansas City Chiefs are, that pre-snap communication, you know identifying, as Meyer said, what personnel packages they're in, what specific fronts are they in, communicating that to the rest of the offensive line, to Jordan Love, and then Jordan Love making any pre, um, pre-snap pre uh, protection adjustments as well. And that's an area that Tom Clements has said that he's really improved on. Yeah. So that to me, that's, that's going to be the key to this game. How do they, or one of the keys to this game, how do they handle that? So as we've seen, obviously this offense has improved, but if a quarterback's under constant duress, like, chances are it's not going to end well. Like they found so much success on offense last week against Detroit against that pass rush because the offensive line held up really well. Jordan Love had the time that he needed. And why I think this offense at this stage of the season is better equipped to handle this type of defense than what they had been previously. And Matt or Tom Clements talked about it this week. There's two areas where Jordan Love has shown a ton of growth. Tom Clements, the quarterback's coach, was asked earlier this week, what what about Love's development has been most encouraging for you? And out of everything that we've seen this season, he said it was his uh, decision-making, specifically when to check the ball down, whether it's because pressure's closing in and, hey, I got to get rid of it, or uh, you're t- looking for that shot play downfield and it's just not there. It's covered or the defensive look doesn't give you that opportunity. So he uh, um, Clements referenced that uh, – dump off to AJ Dillon against Detroit where he hurdled the defender. He said that that was a shot play design opportunity. Wasn't there. Love found his check down, got rid of it. Boom. Still created a chunk play from it. Clements said that that performance as a whole from love was excellent in terms of, again, knowing where to where and when to go with the football versus when to try to fit it into those windows and just to take what's available. So he's seen tremendous growth in that category, obviously going against a blitzing team going to be important the other aspect that Matt LaFleur's talked about his growth is his feel in the pocket. And that was something throughout training camp, I'm sure I've talked about down here, that I was really impressed with early on. But as the pressure really started to come in, especially during that losing streak, the offensive line was breaking down. Um, we saw him regress a little bit in that regard. And he talked about his decisiveness, uh, you know, taking a step back as well. But in recent weeks, he's been really good at feeling where that pressure is, navigating the pocket. And again, that transitions into getting rid of the ball, knowing where the check down is. So I just talked about that, how they handle the blitz, being prepared for that. Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if Spagnolo uh, 
switches it up on Green Bay. You know, they do have Chris Jones in the middle. Maybe he says, Chris Jones, you go take on Josh Myers and John Running, and we're going to drop an extra guy in coverage to add some stress to the Packers passing game. I wouldn't rule that out whatsoever. But at this defense's core, you know, again, six in blitz rate this season. Tom Clement said it on, I think it was Tuesday or Monday this week. He goes, they're not just blitzing because it's Jordan Love. This is what they do. This is who they are. Packers have to be prepared for that. Now, how do they attack Kansas City? I think it might be on the ground game. You know, the the similarities between the Chiefs and Lions is that they both get after the quarterback well. However, the strength of that Lions team was their front seven in terms of how they held up against the run. The strength of this Chiefs defense has been in the secondary. So the opportunity to run the ball is there. I wrote an article about this over at Packers Wire. All the numbers are in there, so forgive me because these aren't going to be specifically accurate. But Josh Jacobs last week averaged, I think, five and a half yards per rush. Raheem Mostert, two, three weeks ago, averaged seven yards per rush. DeAndre Swift averaged five and a half or almost six yards per carry. The Denver game a month ago now, so this is their last four games, the Denver game a month ago, the Broncos, they didn't uh, dominate on the ground by any means. I think they averaged as a team like 3.8, 3.9 yards per rush, but they ran the ball 40 times on their way to a 24 to nine victory. Now in part, late game, you got the lead, you're going to run the ball, numbers a little inflated. But if you're running the ball 40 times, like clearly that's a part of your game plan and how you're going to attack that defense. So it's it's a tough spot for the Packers because, again, we talk about being one-dimensional, especially against a blitz-heavy defense, the, the issues that that can cause. But I think the opportunity, at least what we've seen from this Chief defense in the last month, to you know find some, find some opportunities, move the balls on the ground, Again, the Packers are haven't been the best at doing that consistently this season. They're likely going to be shorthanded at running back. I, I'm guessing Aaron Jones isn't going to play. A.J. Dillon, Patrick Taylor are going to have to be your one and two backs in that instance. So it's going to be an interesting dynamic. But last month has shown that that's where the Chiefs have been susceptible on that side of the ball. Yeah, I'll tell you, if, if somehow, some way, the Packers offense can come out and get this W at home with the whole the whole country watching, really, uh, on Sunday night football and have love somehow, some way outperform Pat Mahomes. And people think, Oh, Clayton be realistic. That last game, if I remember correctly, Paul, he, he didn't throw for 200 yards, right. in that last mm-hmm. win, if I, if I heard correctly. So if it wasn't this week, it was the week before. So they've been leaning on the run a little bit more here lately, but man, if somehow some way Jordan love can go head to head with Pat Mahomes, uh, you know, in a primetime matchup, man, God, what, what it would do for not, not just his confidence, but his teammates' confidence, right? Because you could tell they're they're really buying into this guy, especially here lately. Um, it, it's so mm-hmm. exciting to see him kind of develop and all of them develop together. On the defensive side of the ball, you know, obviously the Chiefs' offense isn't quite as good as it's been in the past, but they're still, I mean, still a top-notch top notch offense, obviously. Everyone talks about, you know, you got to stop Kelsey, right? Obviously, Pat Mahomes, one of the best in the business to, to ever do it, will continue to be for probably at least another decade plus. Um, but I think one of the people that, that folks aren't talking about is Rasheed Rice, right? I heard Baldy break mm-hmm. him down, and he's just one of these guys that's really coming on strong. Obviously, Pacheco, solid running back. I think McKinnon's out, if I remember correctly, most likely going to be out of the game. I hope that's the case. Don't wish ill will on anyone, but you know what I mean, Ball. Uh, what do you think uh, the defense needs to do to get this W against the Chiefs and their offense? Uh, that's a great question. Um, so we know about Travis Kelsey. 
Uh, and when we, th- I, th- I think anyways, when we typically think about this Chiefs team, we think about Patty Mahomes, of course, pushing the ball downfield, big plays, explosive offense. But for the most part, that hasn't been how they've found success this season. In terms of pass attempts of 20 plus yards, Mahomes ranks in the middle of the pack. I think he's like 14th or 15th. He's first in pass attempts behind the line of scrimmage. He's six in pass attempts in that zero to nine yard range where the Chiefs have been really good in addition to obviously the obvious Mahomes and Kelsey is picking up yards after the catch. So for me, that's going to be the key for this Packers defense because the Chiefs want to throw the ball like Patrick Mahomes is averaging, I think, almost 40 pass attempts per game this season. And why wouldn't you You have Pat Mahomes at quarterback? So that's what they want to do. Travis Kelsey, he's just one of those players where you understand going in, he's going to do what he does. You basically just don't do your best to not let him completely take over that game. Like we've talked about with past guys like a Devontae Adams, like he's most likely going to get his. So just let him not dominate. But for this Packers team, uh, stopping the yards after the catch. And this has been a team that's been very, very up and down in terms of their tackling abilities this season. It's going to take playing through the whistle, all 11 to the football. You know, the typical coach speak type terms that we hear when it comes to uh, slowing those yards after the catch opportunities. But how they how they go about defending that is going to be is going to be interesting to see because it you know if you if an offense utilizes that short area of the field as often as the Chiefs have, you know typically you'd be like, all right, we want to try to shrink things a little bit, do our best to try to limit those yards after the catch opportunities. But man, you're still playing Pat Mahomes. You don't want to get lazy on the back end and give up some opportunities in that regard. So how they go about striking that balance is going to be intriguing to watch. But again, for me, you know, getting after the quarterback is always important. And Joe Barry went, you know, on and on today about just how difficult it is to plan for Patrick Mahomes because so much of what he can do and does is off script. And to a degree, you know, you can have your, your rules, your rules of thumb as a, as a, defensive coordinator and what you teach the guys to do in scramble situations but in the hobby it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks we get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value jordan love card but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates it's all just a shot in the dark until now introducing slab packs from arenaclub.com the only repack that provides real value a complete view on all possible cards and clear hit rates for each one Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. 
And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Those are so unpredictable as well, especially with a player like Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to have to, they're going to have to, uh, you know, be at the top of their game. Tackling is going to have to be an absolute must in this game. All 11 swarm into the ball to try to limit those yards after the catch. Love it. I'm hoping they can pull it off, Paul. Um, I'm excited to watch it. I know this. It's it's going to be really cool to see a whole Sunday full, actually two Sundays in a row, just sitting back watching football all day, right? Mm-hmm. And then we got our game to ourselves. You know, sometimes I struggle with that. I miss the days of of not having the technology to have every Packer game here in Tennessee and just sitting back and watching the slate of games. Right. But uh, it's going to be cool to kind of take it all in on Sunday. And we just got an update from dead fish here. Dallas just took a three to nothing lead over the Seahawks. And obviously we're all Cowboys fans tonight. So mm-hmm. uh, I know this Paul, we're a big fan of yours, buddy. We appreciate your time as always. Uh, it's just a, uh, it's, it's such a, such a joy and a pleasure to talk to you every week, man. Hey, I appreciate it. Clayton. Take care. Thank you as always. We'll see you. And everybody, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Paul underscore Brettel. Uh, make sure you check out all of his work over at PackersWire.com and Dairyland Express. He's the best, man. So in-depth, straight to the point. Uh, absolutely love the work that Paul does. Uh, now we're going to bring in Tim here live in Green Bay. We've got Emilio down in Tennessee, the, the full slate here. We may have Carly call in here in a minute too, but uh, if, she'd, uh, if she isn't too tied up. How you guys doing tonight? Tim, what's going on, buddy? What you think of Paul's information? Always, always happy when Paul's on. Um, great insight on what's going on with Devondre Campbell there. Uh, good, good look at what we might see at safety uh, this weekend. Um, you know, Paul's always spot on and uh, just great to be able to talk to him at least once a week. That's just awesome. Really appreciate his time. Definitely. Emilio, you said you had some Christmas cookies last night, right? Did you break them out last night or no? Yeah. Yeah. The Christmas trees. I saved the snowman. You save the snowman for a special <laughs> occasion. Yeah. I'm going to try to impress the lady friend later on. Right. Break right. Up. Yeah, I got Hot you. Hot and ready. <laughs> hey, this is a family program here, Emilio. All right. Be, be careful over there. Um, let's do this. Let's kind of dive into some of the stuff. Uh, do you guys got anything to add to what Paul said? Uh, any Anything? Any uh, Did it trigger any thoughts, anything like that before we move on? Go ahead, Emilio. You got anything? Dude, I, I don't think I can follow Paul. Every time he comes on here, I'm just like, dude, just let it rip because I, I just need to soak it all in. Give me a second and and we'll and we'll cruise, man. But uh no, I love it. Uh, you know, we just we just gotta play. Um and uh like you said, we gotta just, you know, Travis is gonna get his. We just gotta play defense, we just gotta play sound offense, has to the ball, and uh it'll be under the lights just like this, man. It's gonna be good for That's- sure. Also, great info from Paul on Jaden Reed with that yeah. uh, that chest injury issue. Um, kind of what we suspected, right? Something he's been dealing with and playing through. Um, just great to get that kind of confirmed from Paul, who's got the inside track there, can actually walk up to a locker, talk to guys, <laughs> catch the pulse of, the, of that team. So um, happy to, to know that it looks like we don't need to put a question mark on Jaden Reed. Um, yeah. Of course, I'm not saying Paul's confirming anything, but uh, – <laughs> Sure looks that way, and uh, we're going to need all the weapons we can um, for uh, this game Sunday night for sure. No doubt about it. You know, 
uh, Packers workouts here in the chat says this defense must play angry and put Mahomes in his place. It's crazy because you think about they could possibly have back Rudy Ford, uh, Darnell Savage, uh, Devondre Campbell. You got all these players that could potentially pop back into the lineup. And like I told Paul, man, I'm, I'm kind of like a little nervous, Tim. I'm sitting back going, man, I don't know, dude. Like we're playing pretty good without them. <laughs> what if what if they come back and it kind of, you know, disrupts the chemistry a bit right now? I know it sounds silly thinking that you would ever not want Jair Alexander in the lineup. I'm not saying that at all. It's just just a thought that kind of popped into my mind. Did, did, did that same thought trigger with you, Tim, or are you looking at more like this defense is going to be even better with these guys? You know, it does. That does pop into my head because chemistry is important when you've got uh, young players, especially any little bit of it you you see when guys are playing together. You got a good rhythm. You kind of you, you're almost hesitant to uh, to you know shake things up too much. But you know, I'm kind of kind of on both sides of the fence. I, I do feel like our guys are going to contribute. You know, otherwise, they, why, why put them out there, right? Um, other than I guess Darnell Savage, there's there's a lot of reasons to put him out on the field. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they gave Savage money because they believed in him, right? So, right. you know, uh, we have to believe in him too. Um, he's suited up. I've always said he's uh, Savage is a great teammate, um, good locker room guy, good leader out there, a uh, little bit up and down and streaky as a player as of late. But, you know, we've had that with Ja. We've had that with, you know, a few other guys too. You know, that's what, what happens. So um, I say you got to put him out there. I do like Paul's um, approach, you know, maybe, maybe we make a start and then we've got, um, you know, third on the depth chart ready to be peppered in consistently with snaps, um, you know, on a regular basis. Uh, I think that's great because the more talent you can get out there on the field situationally, the better off we're going to be, you know, hopefully we see, you know, Savage Ford, J.O. and Anthony Johnson Jr. all getting snaps, you know, and obviously, you know, the starters are probably going to get the bulk of those reps, but, you know, I'd like to see guys back, you know, why not? Hopefully uh, it'd be a good test here, grinding out the end of the year, see if, um, you know, guys can play through whatever they're dealing with or if they're really truly past uh, some of the injuries they've had. So I'm right. interested to see what happens on Sunday. Mm -hmm. Yep. Let's go to the phones here real quick. We got Carly Ray on the line. Carly, how you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. How are you guys? Uh, we're doing good. Just sitting in here. Uh, trying to uh, trying to root on the Cowboys, which, by the way, like uh, the Caldwell Corner said here uh, in the chat update, DK Metcalf seventy yard tutter, Seattle wins or is leading seven to three right now. So uh, might might be an interesting game. These guys came to play here on primetime, but what's on your mind tonight, Carly? What are you uh, what have you been studying here late? Well, first I just wanted to kind of jump into what you guys were saying because I'm with you, Clayton. I'm a little nervous about bringing back you know, the starters that have been missing, you know, due to injuries and all that. And uh, I was watching the press conference from um, Matt LeFleur a few days ago where I think they kind of asked him about that. They, the media asked him, you know, maintaining this sort of chemistry that you have going on versus having these, you know, these players that have historically been good or the veterans, you know, how do you balance that? And Matt was like, yeah, it's really hard. And, you know, not committing to anything, but I'm a little bit nervous because I really like what these, these new guys have got going on. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Emilio, I, I didn't get your take on that, man. Do you, do you think there's something to that as far as some of these players coming back and, and, and working back into the lineup? Do you think that's going to mess with the chemistry at all with the, how this defense, I think we would all agree they've, uh, they've, uh, out, they've, you know, exceeded expectations at least to this point, wouldn't you say? Yeah, no, definitely. And, and 
I can I can get behind that side of it for sure. I can also my other thought is what happens if this is the game that that they're that they're going to run into, you know, their wall, they hit their wall or they hit the, you know, the third game stump or whatever. And it becomes a problem. And we didn't put the guy that, you know, that, you know, Jair is that has the swag that, you know, wants to be out there, that sort of mentality. And we missed out on, we missed out on something like that. That would be my only worry with, um, you know, sticking with the chemistry. But right now I, I would say that um, I would say that I'd have to bank on the chemistry, but we need to pull the trigger fast. If not, um, but I, I'm assuming Jaw is going to be the one that breaks that and will play no matter what. Yeah, and the last time that we seen Jair Alexander, too, keep in mind, man, he absolutely balled out. Like, right. It was just unbelievable. I mean, he, was, he really tilts the field for you uh, in your defense. But, uh, yeah, Carly, what else you got for us? Anything else you want to want to hit on here? Uh, any topics? Um, well, actually, I just want to say one more thing on what Emilio said. That kind of makes sense as far as, like, how Jair did so well last time. And if you think of this last game, or even though, you know, we won against the Lions, the defense still made some mistakes. There were still some communication errors and blown coverages. And if Jair or Savage gets out there and as veterans, they understand and they know what communication is missing, they really could actually like elevate everybody. Yeah, no, absolutely. That, that should be the case for sure. The thing I noticed about Jair in that last game is just how he, he was, he was aggressive, but within the scheme, you know what I mean? Like there's been a couple of times in the past that he's, he's jumped those double moves and got burned over the top. You've seen Rasul do it as well. And it's one of those things where, you know, when you're playing that zone match, if you, if you don't say stay schematically sound, you are very, very vulnerable to the double moves. But then again, when you are playing aggressive, that's how you force turnovers. The problem is you've had so many drop interceptions this year, right? So, um, I think the defense will be much, much better with Jair on the field. There's no doubt about that. Savage is the one I worry about a little bit. Um, you know, will the communication go backwards? I don't know. Um, I would feel a lot safer with Savage playing the slot over Nixon and just letting him really key in on returning. But I just don't think that's in the cards either. Like Paul said, um, he would like to see a rotation. He doesn't think that'll happen. But uh, it's probably going to be Rudy Ford and Darnell Savage if Savage is indeed healthy enough to go. So, uh Going to be interesting, nonetheless. That's for sure. Um, let's see here. Let's go to the uh, kind of the the outline we had earlier today, Tim. We had some really good stuff we were going to hit on. We were going to kind of deep dive a little bit um, into the Kansas City Chiefs first. Let's hit on this injury report. I want to kind of get all this information out real quick. I'm going to try to go quick. Uh, Jair Alexander shoulder. He was limited today. Uh, Devondre Camel limited. Kenny Clark limited. Josiah Aguara limited. AJ Dillon limited. Rudy Ford limited. Rashawn Gary limited. Uh, Aaron Jones did not participate. Keyshawn Nixon, full participation. Uh, Jaden Reed did not participate, although I think we would agree he's going to play. It's kind of the same type of situation last week. Uh, Robert Rochelle did not participate. Uh, Darnell Savage, full participation. Eric Stokes limited. Dontavian Wicks limited. I think we all agree he's going to go this week. And then, of course, Devontae Wyatt, full participation. So the big ones to worry about there, in my opinion, is probably going to be uh, obviously, Aaron Jones. I, I just don't. I don't get the vibe that he's going to have a chance to play. I could be wrong. Jaden Reed, you're good to go, um, and then Robert Rochelle is going to be out. So, I mean, if all these guys come back, Tim, that are limited, you're getting back Jair Alexander, Devondre Campbell, right? Who who have both been out? Rudy Ford, right? I mean, you right there. You've got three starters on defense as well as Dontavian Wicks on offense that we were so excited that he was cutting the corner. I mean, there's also a chance that that Eric Stokes might be able to play, right? I mean, I, I haven't heard anything that kind of made me think, oh, there's no chance that Stokes plays. If you, Tim? 
No, not at all. And seeing that he's been limited is just, you know, it's actually good to see, right? I mean, limited, he's coming off of IR. So you're going to be limited anyway, as it goes. If we saw some did not participate, I'd assume there might have been a setback. Um, and you know how hamstrings are. Every player is uh, different as far as how um, they rehab and how they respond to that. But it would be a nice time to get another boundary cornerback. You know, like we talk about chemistry and we we talk about these things. We need the best bodies on the field, period. You know, and um, sometimes getting guys like Stokes and Savage back, um, you know, it may surprise us. We may get a boost here and, uh, you know, really be able to utilize this talent uh, against a tough uh, dynamic offense when they want to be in the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so that's where I'm looking on the defensive side. Offensively, I think you're right. Jonesy, I'm not I'm not getting the vibe that he's going to play. But then again, he could be the opposite. Seeing him not participating going into Friday, Saturday before a game could be them, you know, holding out. He's a veteran, you know, like Jones can have limited practice to to no practice and still, you know, make it a game time decision on Sunday. Plus, you know, the advantage of having the night game, we've got all day long on Sunday to uh, find out uh, exactly who's going to go. Um, so it'll be interesting to get the actives report on uh, Sunday afternoon there prior to the game uh, and see who's suited up. So um, I think it'd be great, man. The more the merrier, guys. Like, I'd like to see this uh, injury report shrink a little bit for sure. Yeah, Jake Shavink in the chat saying going to have the CVS receipt injury report till season's end, huh? Emilio, well, I'm I'm not, seen, I've never seen anything like it, Emilio. I don't I know think, what is going on, bro. I honestly, I think it's just all part of the plan. We'll just keep them on there. We'll just rotate who it's going to be, kind of keep around 15, you know, person <laughs> injury report, and we'll just work it like that the rest of the season. That way teams are just always up in the air. Hey, yeah. every, with a little bit of gamesmanship, right? Right? Uh, we could cut the comm sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, anything, anything could help. Uh, Carson in the chat said, touchdown, cow noise. I think he meant cowboys. Uh, <laughs> 10, to, 10 to 7, it was a CD Lamb touchdown. Appreciate it, Carson. Thank you for the update there, buddy. Man, I'm going to go ahead and close this other window I got open since we're getting – we got – the posse's got the live score update. Yeah, I don't, no need, doubt, man. I don't this need this good. open anymore. All right. <laughs> I got to say, that's something I really enjoyed about this year doing the pod is when there is a primetime game on, just a chat. It's just like yeah. you're, you're kind of getting to watch the game together, you know, that type of thing. Absolutely. Pretty cool for sure. We're going to dive into some Kansas City Chiefs defense talk and some tendencies and stuff. Before we do that, Carly, what else you got for us before we let you go? Um, and, and I know you're working on a logo for us right now. We appreciate that. But uh, what else you got going on? Well, I just wanted to mention you had said that you hadn't heard anything about Stokes and whether he was actually it was going to be there or not. But um, listening to Joe Barry today, the press conference, he actually said, I think if I, I'm going to try and quote his words, but he said that he needs to string together a few good days, then a few good weeks, and hopefully we'll get him back out there. Oh, OK. That's see, that's the information you're here for. Um, that sounds a lot to me like he ain't going this week. Right. Is that, right. Is that what you yeah. took away, Carly? Yeah, that's definitely what I thought. I actually wrote it down because I was like, oh, here's one I think is pretty definite. It sounds like it's not happening. Got it. Good stuff. That's good information for sure. So where it's going to get interesting is obviously Ballantyne's just going to go to the bench. And, you know, he had a couple good weeks, but I think he's kind of come back down to earth. So going to be a huge, huge improvement if Jair can go, obviously, over Ballantyne. Um, I'm eager to see it happen. But uh, anything else you got, Carly? No, it's good. I'm looking forward to hopping back in the chat. Yeah, hey, we appreciate you calling in. It's, it's always a blast to talk to you. Appreciate you working on that uh, 
that logo for us. Yeah, have a good one. All right, you too. Bye-bye. Um, let's do this. Let's go to the defense here, all right? This is according to 33rd team. This is their personnel data for the Kansas City Chiefs um, on the defensive side of the ball. Kind of give you guys an idea of what they run, okay? They're in base 26% of the time. They're in nickel 46% of the time. Dime plus 26% of the time. Now, keep in mind the offense is going to dictate that that personnel the, the large majority of the time, right? As far as gap run, the you know, how they face gap run, uh, 27% of the time, zone run 73% of the time. So this defense has been tested against the zone run all year long. And, of course, the Packers are zone heavy. Now they can mix it up and go duo, go power, uh, pin and pull, all those different things. Um, man coverage, they've played man coverage 34% of the time, and they have played zone coverage 48% of the time. All right, so there's there's kind of a – a good global perspective on, okay, how often do they play man? How often do they play zone? To put that into perspective, I'm pretty sure that's towards the top of the league. This is going to get real small with this font, but I'm going to, I'm hoping I can kind of read it off here. Let's see if we can line it up as far as man coverage. So that's going to be, they play man eighth, uh, eighth most in the league. Okay. They play man coverage and their EPA in man coverage is second ranked in the league. So they're a really good man coverage team. They play a lot of man. As far as uh, zone, they're uh, in zone 48% of the time, like we said. Percentage rank, that is 28th, and their EPA is not. So, I mean, they play both zone and man. They're going to be able to mix and match when it comes to that defense and, and how they play these receivers. We'll get into the blitz package there, but uh, right off the bat, Emilio, what sticks out to you about, uh, about man and zone, how we may be able to tackle them? Anything come to mind? Obviously, they've had their test of of zone run schemes uh, early this year, haven't they? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I, uh, I think I think we'll be able to tear up the zone. Um, you know, with it. Uh, obviously, it's not you know 100. percent They're splitting it up all the time, but uh, I, I think that Jay Love has you know the arm strength to hit those pockets, and I think Matt Lafleur kind of wants to scheme it up around something like that. So I'm excited to see it. Um, but. Uh, Big thing. I mean, they, you know, zone running team, we got to be able to stop the run starts up front and it's going to be a big one. Uh, we, we need to show up if their interior D line shows up, ours needs to show up. And uh, the way Kenny played last week, I'm hoping it, you know, carries over into this week and they, they kind of play with their hair on fire. Yeah. You really got the opportunity Tim, to set the tone early in this game. You're going to be at Lambeau. Um, I, you know, I think that we all feel comfortable saying they're going to take the ball if they win the toss and go down and try to score, they being the, the Packers. Um, you got to set the tone early. Like Emilio was saying, you got you got to show up in the trenches, both on offense and defense, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I it's going to be tough to show this Kansas City team um, anything that they haven't seen before. Right. Uh, we do have a, a really creative head coach and a guy who's a master at scheming guys open, and we're going to need every bit of Matt LaFleur's genius um, on Sunday to catch these guys off guard. I love the attitude. I would I would shake it up and and you know mix it up a little bit, but kind of have that same mindset that we had with Detroit. Man, go in there, take the ball if we can, punch them in the mouth early, and let's play from ahead at home uh, on Sunday night football for real. That's that's my mentality. Now, of course, if they if they, we lose a toss and they don't defer, we end up with the ball in the second half. That's fine. Let's put our defense out early and get a three and out. Let's get a stop right away. You know we have to set the tone. Um, I also think that maybe, just maybe, we have a young team, and what comes with youth is energy. 
maybe we run a little tempo on this Kansas City defense. Ooh, give me some huddle, get, huddle. Yeah, let's get it. Like, just mix it in. Let's see if we can get some hands on the hips. Maybe let's take away the ability to substitute for a little bit uh, throughout the game. And uh, I'm not saying full-on two-minute drill, but, you know, you can uh, kind of do that little half huddle or kind of a like a fake huddle in between the plays, just call something and line up and keep keep it rolling. Um, that could help us. Um, we can use our youth and our energy to our advantage um, and try and get this defense on their heels a little bit um, because that's clearly Kansas City's strong suit going into this game. And then, you know, on the defensive side of the ball for us, again, small things, don't make the, the mistakes, don't shoot ourselves in the foot with, um, you know, stupid penalties, these kind of things. Uh, keep your head in the game. It's under the lights. It's Sunday night football, a lot of attention. You know, let's let's go to the Vince Lombardi school. If you make a big play, act like you've been there before. Let's not add a 15 yard personal foul c- celebrating after something good. You know, those type of things. Uh, play hard, play fast, play strong, play furious, but play under control. Right. You know, that's going to be the name of the game for this team uh, in order to beat the Chiefs. Yeah, no doubt. Carson in the chat said, I still want to see Love's boundary accuracy uh, this game. It's something that needs to improve. It's still been poor even during this stretch. I completely agree, Carson. And when you got a team that plays man heavy, what you're going to look to do is attack on those comebacks, attack on those hitches, right? Uh, some of those timing routes along the boundary is going to be absolutely huge against a man defense, right? And um, it looks like, yeah, Geno Smith just converted a huge play here for the Seahawks. Another first down to DK Metcalf. So they're they're chewing them up through the air with DK. God, it's a grown man. What's looking at him against that corner, guys? My God. That, that, that dude eats his candy, too. Yeah. yeah. Late hands on that catch. He's just really developing as a water receiver. Have you, have you seen that? That his diet basically consists of like Skittles and yeah. like junk food? <laughs> I just yeah, don't know how he be, does it, man. I'm, I'm on the same diet. I don't look like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the same diet too, and I got more chins in a Chinese phone book. My <laughs> but uh, it is what it is. Let's move on to the pass rush, Amelia. I want to get your take on this, bro. So they're bringing three rushers only 6% of the time. They're bringing four rushers 63% of the time, five rushers uh, 23% of the time, and six plus rushers in a blitz situation 6% of the time. They pressure 35% of the snaps. Okay. So when it comes to those numbers right there, let's see if I can pull up this uh this other graphic and try to figure it out. I want to see where they rank when they bring five rushers or more and six rushers or more. See if we can cipher this out real quick. Yeah, to me it looks like they're ranked ninth in five rushers and eighth in six plus rushers. And mm-hmm. what this is what Paul was talking about too. When you look at their EPA ranking when they're bringing five rushers, they're ranked third in the league. When they bring six plus, they're ranked first. And EPA. I mean, that is just absolutely insane numbers right there. Amelia, what do you do to attack that, man? How are you going to attack it when they when they try to bring so much manufactured pressure? Man? Well, that you want to pull up that other one real fast. Um yeah, looking at it there, the so if you look at it, their 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 rankings, we got a um for the three rushers, they're ninth in the ranks, uh fifth and sixth, they're ninth and eighth. And like you were saying, uh EPA ranking fifth for three rushers third for fifth and uh, third for five and first for six, they are elite at what they do in the, in the pressure game. Okay. That's, that is top five across the board. They're, they're top five when they bring three people. All right. So, um, you know, think about how many are in coverage. Then we got, we got issues if we can't be successful 
um, in the run game, I think, and to try to uh, to try to work them down a little bit, try to give them a couple, you know, uh, stomach blows, and then you know branch out. But they don't bring. I mean, they bring four sixty three percent of the time, but it's not their. You know, it's not their go to. It's not where they where they make their money. Um, you know, they're, they're going to happen on uh, on pressure situations, and it also means that our O line and J Love need to be on the same page with their slide protection and everything like that because. Uh, we're going to run into a problem and someone's going to come free and, and we're, we're, it's not going to look pretty um, if they're not on it. Yeah, the ball's got to come out quick. The protection's got to hold up. A um, little bit of dagger, a little bit of slot cross. Yep. I can see those being ways to attack. Uh, this this has got to be the game where guys are, are able to go hot too, right? Um, you've got to develop in that regard. Now, when they only bring four rushers, their EPA is 21st. Now the problem is they, you know, they're ranked twenty fifth in, in how often they do that. So it's very, very seldom they do that. But when they do, they kind of get picked apart. I'm going to go back to the other graphic. Y'all just let me know if you need this one again. Let's talk about the bottom two uh, metrics here. Okay, middle field closed and middle field open. We've talked about this on this podcast a lot. Middle field closed is single high safety. Okay, middle field open is shell coverage. Two safeties on the shell. If you look at it here. They run middle field close 31% of the time, middle field open 51% of the time. And the ranking when it comes to that, okay, they are dead last in middle field closed as far as how often they do it. So they play with two on the shelf, the third highest of any team in the entire National Football League. How many times have you guys heard me brag on shell coverage? Right. And how I don't want this single high look. I don't want man coverage on the outside. If you do play man, do it out of a two high look. That way you can rob her. You can rotate that safety around. You can play a little hole. You can attack it a number of different ways. Right. Here's the perfect example of it. They're dead last in middle field closed and EPA, they're 20th in the league. So you can tell why they're going middle field open, which is that shell coverage. They run at the third most in the league and their EPA ranking is second. In the league, you want to know why this defense is good? They blitz and they do it out of a too high look, which means they're doing a lot of run blitzing as well. Um, I don't know, Tim. That's uh, it's a little bit concerning for me, um, simply because what it what it says if you're playing middle field open and you're still blitzing is it's got to be a lot of sugar. Got to be a lot of sugar. Now we're going to get the real test when it comes to uh, Jordan Love, his post snap reading ability is going to be very, very uh, much so on display, whether it's good, bad. Um, we're going to see it this Sunday night, man. Absolutely. And we we got a quarterback that uh, can hit those. You know, he can he can hit the top of that drop and fire that ball over the middle. And he's got to come out early. It's got to come out on time. It's got to come out in rhythm. We've seen that as of late from Jordan. I think he deals with uh, Kansas City's uh, pass rush. Um the best that he can. And as long as, uh, you know, we're scheming this up properly, which I have full faith that we, that uh, coach LaFleur will have a good game plan. Um, we got to just trust it. The ball's got to come out. Um, you're absolutely right. I mean, if they're going to put play shell all day or most of the day, you know, that's something that we have to be aware of and we have to structure our offense um, around that. You know, you've heard take what the defense gives you uh, kind of thing. Um I prefer to look at that more as, you know, play to the advantages um, that your offense has uh, based on the, the defensive approach that they're taking. So, you know, too deep safety. Yeah. Hammer that underneath, man. We, we talked about that um, all of this week, right? 
You know, we talked about the leaks. We talked about possible screen game. Um, we talked about slurls. We talk about crossers, uh, slants. You know, we talk about some of those con- concepts where you can engage those deep safeties and try and try and pull them out of position to hammer something else in an open area. Yep. We're going to see the whole gamut, man. I really do, because that's the thing that makes Kansas City's defense so good is they don't have to send, you know, six, seven guys <laughs> rushing. They, they can rush with four. They can rush with five and get home. So uh, it'll be a test for this offense for sure. I'm looking forward to watching uh, Jay Money and the offense respond. Yeah. You got anything else to add to that, Emilio? Um, middle Justin, close. Just to Tim's point on love making those throws, um, I know it's not his his go-to, but I'd love to see a couple bunkers and, and that they actually hit home um, just with – you know, with everything that's been going on, if we see, you know, just that other, you know, that one more step with how he's progressing and everything um, in his uh, in his forte that he has at his, um, you know, at his disposal, that would be cool to see, especially against a team, you know, like Kansas City. Yeah, definitely. Chris in in the chat earlier, we missed it when we were talking defense. I apologize, but he said Savage has had four and a half years to prove himself. It's probably, I'm sure what he's saying is it's not working. Um <laughs> He's been a member of the PTA Posse now for a month. Congratulations on that, Chris. Appreciate you, appreciate buddy, being a part of the sure. YouTube yeah. group. Um, and, again, that'll get you uh, – if you guys are interested in joining the YouTube group, um, that'll get you entered into uh, giveaways moving forward. We're going to be giving away an autographed Dorsey Levens jersey uh, this Sunday during the postgame show immediately following uh, Packers-Chiefs games. So uh, looking forward to giving that piece of memorabilia away. Let's hit on one more topic here, guys, before we wrap up. Um, it's going to be really quick. I thought this was cool. Um, this is the 33rd team kind of doing their ranking, right? They now have the Packers sitting 18th. Their previous ranking was 23rd, so they jumped, what, five spots, right? Last game, obviously, Packers defeated the Lions 29-22. to It's so cool to see something like the 33rd team starting to acknowledge the Packers a little bit more because it is a, a website that's comprised of a bunch of just football minds, former coaches, former execs, former players. And when they start to put this stuff together, it, when you're getting noticed by people who have been in the game their entire life, it, it means a little bit more, obviously, than knuckleheads like us talking about it. But it says the Green Bay Packers have won three of their last four, which puts them in the NFC wildcard pitcher. Uh, Jordan Love hasn't led a noteworthy offense, but he ha- he was exceptional in Detroit last week. A Sunday night matchup against Kansas City is a tall order, but Green Bay should be the favorite in three games after that. If Love continues to play well while the Packers' defense maintains consistency. What did they say right there, guys? While the defense, the Packers' defense maintains consistency. Okay, gotcha. Uh, Green Bay could overtake Seattle or Minnesota down the stretch. That's what we're hoping for, obviously. So next, Mm -hmm. uh, next four games, Kansas City at home, then at New York Giants, Tampa Bay at home, then at Carolina. Um, really, really cool stuff there. I will say this, Paul Brettel pointed out that if they go four and two down the stretch here with the playoff probability, uh, you know, uh, tools that you can use, it looks like they have a 76% chance of making the playoffs. But Tim, as we get ready to wrap up here, buddy, uh, anything you want to add to that? Did that trigger any thoughts to you there from the 33rd team? Oh, exactly what you said. The Packers defense maintains consistency. So that that would imply that they've been consistent, hey Clayton? Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, and, and without some uh, some key players too, right? Yeah, consistently top ten in the National Football League, uh, any way you shake it. So um, I think that's what we we need to see more of. Um, I I do believe that uh, you know 
I want to say close, low-scoring game, but looking at Mahomes, looking at Jordan Love, we could have ourselves a shootout on Sunday. We really could. Um, That'd be wild, wouldn't it? It would be wild, uh, you know, but there is a big part of me that looks at that that Kansas City D and looks at our defense and goes, oh, maybe maybe it could be 17-14 kind of game, you know? <laughs> so, uh, and these are the best kind of games to get excited for, right? Because we can sit here and speculate all we want. We're, we're not going to know until uh, we flip that coin and uh, kick that ball off on Sunday night um, once we get into the thick of it. Um, but I can tell you that I've got a sneaking suspicion that the middle eight is going to, is really going to play a factor. Um, you know, I think it, it, d- d- regardless of, or despite the fact of how we start or finish this game, the middle eight, we got to win the middle eight. We do. Yeah. We, we've been in a lot of games this year that we haven't won the middle eight and we've still been able to stay close. I think if we can play consistently on both sides of the ball, and not make the big mistakes and uh, win those battles in the trenches and hopefully come out, you know, plus one, plus two, and win that middle eight, I think we get the dub Sunday night. Uh, I'm predicting the Packers win. Go, Pack, go. And and for those of you listening, if you don't know what the middle eight is, what Tim's referring to there is uh, the last four minutes of the first half and the first four minutes of the second half. You know, serious momentum is created there. It's so important to – not give up a score going into halftime and then come right out the gate and lose that momentum in the second half or that momentum continue to carry on for your opponent there in the second half. But Emilio, did that trigger any thoughts for you? Any uh, Anything else you want to hit on there as far as the 33rd team ranking and us raising five spots to 18? I feel like that's a pretty fair assessment. Do you agree with that? Oh, I think it's a fair assessment. Um, the only other thing that got me thinking on it was uh, they've played now Thanksgiving. They're going to play on Sunday night and then they're going to play on Monday night. So, this young team is getting a lot of, um, you know, primetime action, a lot of eyes on them, a lot of, uh, you know, right in right in the heart of our stretch. Yeah, we lost those rough games at the beginning. Um, they were, you know, 1 o'clock games, 12 o'clock games sort of thing. Now now that we're under the lights, let's see what this team can do. Let's see what they, they bring to the table when everybody's eyes are on them. And that gets me excited that uh, it's not only one, it's two, it's three. They get a lot of practice and a lot more to build on um, as the season keeps going. Definitely. Uh, we got bleeding green and gold in here. He really does bleed green and gold. He said Packers 77, Chiefs 0. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. Stop playing with him. Oh, no. Stop playing with him. Oh, my God. No, we got to hit him with this. We got to hit him with this. Gentlemen, what brings me to my next point, don't smoke crack. Clay, did you miss that, or has Tim done that before? Have I missed that? Is that the first time you've done oh, that? He, he broke it out this morning. I about, oh, I missed about it. My, about oh. spit my diesel all over the screen, bro. Rashad says that's an accurate score prediction right there, right? Yep, 77 nothing. I like it. Tim, that is unreal. <laughs> Do you think he'll come in with the mask on one of these days, too? Oh, my oh, God. Man. I would lose my mind, dude. You kidding crazy, me? right? Just Both so you know, it has been confirmed. I got a white, authentic – the real expensive one, Rashawn Gary jersey on the way. And we found the John Madden Thanksgiving patch. Nice. Yeah, I'm so excited about that, dude. I'm thinking about, you know, obviously you got to have a jersey to wear, right? But I was thinking about framing it because, man, what a what a great performance on Thursday. Just uh, absolutely awesome seeing him get those three sacks. But, uh, yeah, as far as the uh, the 77 to nothing, bleeding green and gold, I love your passion, buddy. I'm just uh, – to quote uh, – who was it? Was it uh was there a boy from Talladega Knights when he said um 
Uh, was a Ricky Bobby said, I'm too drunk to taste this chicken. Is that, is that right? Was that the one that said it? Um, I think you know, hey, it would be cool to see a blowout win. You know, as excited as we were for the Lions game, could you imagine if they come out and beat beat the Chiefs by two scores at Lambeau? Oh, my God. Every, I mean, we're liable to lose our freaking mind. Put a 40-burger on them. Oh, yeah. There you go. That's what I'm yeah, talking buddy. about. buddy. Plus seven. Hit them with that 40-burger <laughs> and, and get, I don't know, get two or three picks from Pat Mahomes. Huh? Took it down a but really, you uh, do it, right? If your defense is scoring points, you know, we get get uh, you know, fourteen points from our defense, plus uh, you know, twenty eight or thirty from the offense. Now we're talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> Carly Ray in the chat said, "I'd get a tattoo." That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. You call me anything you want, but don't call me that. <laughs> you gonna get a tattoo and start talking like that, Carly? We can't. We can't have that, all right? Uh-huh. We can't. Although, if you guys did miss the news, this was the breaking news this week, and we'll get ready to get out of here. Much, I don't listen to too much Taylor Swift. Uh, That's all you need to know. I don't listen to too much. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> no, nope, oh, not at all. Don't listen to too much Taylor Swift. Oh, man. That I is broke, unbelievable. I just broke my chair over here leaning back on that one. My God. Let me see if I can get this oh, thing fixed. Hey, that, that guy's got five tutters in him for Sunday. 400 Sunday. yards plus and five tutters. Let's go. I'm gonna need a TJ Slayton one, Tim. You got to oh. <laughs> you know that big old boy. That head gonna be like this. You know what I'm saying? It's gonna uh-huh. be hard to get that one to uh to fit properly for sure. Let's see here. We got lucky with the super chat. Said if the pack wins, their playoff chances go to what? What? Appreciate you, lucky. What does it go to? Appreciate you. What did what did he say? I missed it. What did he say? I missed it too. 65? Did he say 65? I think he did say he 65. Sure 65%. 65%. That's what we give you the 65%. 65%. You need to find somebody that looks at you the way Mark Murphy looked at that camera when he says 65. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Look at this. I, I guess this is a compliment. I don't know. Chris N said, Tim looking like Tony Kornheiser. I don't know why oh, he said it in all caps. Not a compliment. Look, shots fired to Tony K. Chris, how dare you, man? What is wrong with you, dude? Oh, but, no. Right here, though, Tim. He said, well, at least I'll give you $2. I'll say it again. Hey, well, t- hey, there you go. There you go. All right. It's worth it now. That is a compliment now. Better than better than my uh, doppelganger, man. They they said I look like uh, our boy uh, Mike Dicka. And I was sitting in a meeting one time. And I need to pull that up for you guys sometime. I was sitting in a meeting, in a business meeting, my phone buzzed, and I looked down at it, and somebody texted me from across the room, and they had a side-by-side shot of me, and they had put a black-and-white filter on it next to Dicka in his 30s. Bro, it was scary. It was terrifying. Mandy immediately went, yes, like, you know, saying Dicka was hot back in the day. And then, of course, I pulled up a picture of him today, and she went, no, <laughs> you're not aging like that. No way, no how. I need to pull that picture up for you guys sometime. I, I don't think we've shown it on the show, but anyway, we're being really productive now. We got people taking shot at Tim, saying he looks like Tony Kornheiser. Yeah, if if I can just add to that production, the only thing I want to say is great, you know, claps to the to the Packers field workers. Look at those stripes, man. They got the checkered and they got the straight up and I mean, Chef's kiss. Spoken like a true landscape. <laughs> too, bad this, too bad this picture was from years ago. But, oh no. Yeah, you got you, you always got you got People are going to say now Clayton's a fraud, man. These pictures he's showing, they're going to immediately look for the scoreboard. Hey, let's change it to this. How about there that? Go. There you go. 
Yeah. I'm sure they still got the same grounds crew. Don't worry about it. They'll still have it striped nice. Don't worry. Don't that look beautiful out there? Tim's like, no, it's colder than a well digger's booty in that parking <laughs> lot right now. I promise you that, man. Um, yeah, it actually warmed up a little bit, you know. We we cracked uh, 30, 30 degrees. So nice. They get, nice. You know? Got up to like 58 here today. That's good stuff. Jealous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't too bad today, man. I got out and did some leaf work myself. So yeah. um, let's see here. Chris Ian said, here's two more dollars. He said, no offense, Tim. Tony wears those masks. Oh, oh I see what he's saying. All right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Good job. Good job cleaning that up, man. Good job. <laughs> um, let's see. AFA. What did AFAM say in here to get y'all stirred up? AFA. Let's see here. AFAM needs this win. Okay, I, I got you. He's talking in the third person. I got you there, mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers. Um, I do like how some of these people, they interview themselves. You know, some of the athletes like, are you asking me, should I have done that? Maybe. Well, okay. Well, should you have done this? I don't know. Probably. Like, shut up, dude. Stop interviewing <laughs> yourself. What is wrong with you? What is wrong with you? I like this. Nick the Realtor said, pardon the interruption, Tim, but the Packers win. There, there we go. go. Ooh. I'm all about I like it. it. I like all it. All about it. So we're gonna, let's we're get gonna out of here. That real estate. We're going to – Nick the Realtor says we're protecting 1265. Mm-hmm. That's the rule. Oh. That's the rule. Protect home. Yeah, as soon as they get off that bus, even if you see Taylor Swift, give her one of these. Roadhouse. All right. What else you got, man? Let's get out of here, dude. What do you got? Um, nothing, man. You know, I, I just don't listen to too much Taylor Swift. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. You're really missing out, dude. You and Jalen. I don't listen too much Taylor Swift. <laughs> um, Yeah. I'll tell you this, she comes she comes stomping into our house in the Lambo causing trouble. Those Swifties gonna be upset because she we're gonna leave her. She's gonna be walking away like this. On my knee. Um you know. uh, <laughs> Tanya Harding out here in the parking lot. You better be careful. I'm just saying. All right. I'm just saying. Some of y'all are too young to get that, and that's all right. Um <laughs> hey, we appreciate you, Omer. Thanks for hanging out in here, buddy, for sure. Uh, Carly Ray says we need to have a PTA Facebook group so we can chat between shows. Hey, that would be cool with me. Um, I actually created a Facebook profile for PTA and I linked it to this here uh, restream account so we could go live on there in case people want to watch on Facebook. Every single time that we go live, it gets marked as spam. Like I'm trying to spam the zero friends that I have on that Facebook <laughs> account. So, All right. Appreciate it, Zuck. Whatever, man. Let's see what uh, Drew said. Clayton, are you the bodyguard? Bodyguard of who, bro? Oh, no, 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 no. I don't run with Tanya Hardy. No, sir. Don't you, uh, don't you put that on you, Ricky Bobby. Let's see right here. Now now it's coming in. Jeff in the chat said the next Taylor Swift album will be titled Personal Foul. Um, I like it. Uh, somebody said earlier, they what was the song? they? I can't remember the song they used. I probably shouldn't even bring it up. But they were talking about if we score a touchdown against the Chiefs and go up early, um, there was a song that was uh, it had had love in the title, and it's a Taylor Swift song. They said if they don't play that during the game, what a missed opportunity, right? Mm-hmm. She's going to be there, Tim. Tim, is she going to be there or not? I know this is interesting to you. Man, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I would think at this point, uh, perhaps, you know, um, you know, Green Bay, come on now. It doesn't get much more legendary than uh, Lambeau Field. Um, pretty sure uh, – not sure if Taylor's made it to a game here or not yet. So uh, we'll see what what type of football fan she is, right? If she's mm-hmm. real deal football fan, she's probably going to want to be here. Uh, I'm pretty sure uh, Simone Biles will be here to cheer on her man. And uh, I would think the same thing would be the same for uh, 
Miss Swift there, uh, but you never know. And yeah. like I said, I, I don't think there'll be a big spectacle. She'll probably get in and get up to her, her luxury box and have, have a great time. And, you know, we might not even know she's there. We'll see. I don't know. I guess we'll, we'll know a little closer to game time, though, for sure. Right. The, the Internet will uh, leak all the pertinent details uh, in the next 24 to 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, get the people that track flight numbers and all that kind of stuff. So, so you're so, Tim, you're saying Pat Mahomes' first time in Lambeau is going to be Taylor Swift's first time in Lambeau? I'm, I'm not saying that with certainty, but um, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if Taylor Swift's been up. Uh, I mean, she's obviously been to Wisconsin yeah. a handful of times, but uh, I don't know if she's been to uh, the friendly confines of Lambeau Field. And and look, like I said, I, I joke around, all jokes aside, you know, you know, we're going to take care of her and show her the best that Green Bay has to offer. We're always gracious hosts here uh, in Titletown. Uh, whether it's opposing fans, um, celebrities or not, you know, I think uh, we'll roll out the red carpet for her. She'll have a great time. Um, might as well have a good time while you're catching that L, you know, while Ooh. you're in town. So oh, at least we can do is, uh, I disagree with the red carpet. Oh, we're going to give him some <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I think we should do right there. And then as soon as they touch down, let them know that they got more than a 65% chance of, of uh, packing a butt whooping. 65%. 65%. That's what we all right, let's get out of here, guys. 62 degrees tomorrow with rain. Enjoy your snow is what Omer said over in France. He's over there saying, we, we, we get the, we get the warmer like weather. It, over there. I feel like all it does is rain in France, man. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. Look at this. Now we get the Karate Kid. Karate Kid reference. Sweep the leg, Johnny. <laughs> Sweep the leg, look her in the eye and say this. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. <laughs> and I love the ref turns around too, like wanting to hear what Brett's got to say to him. <laughs> yeah, I tried to be nice. Look at the chat, man. We're <laughs> oh, they're toxic. You kidding me, dude? We we try to tell the chat every day, man. Just listen. Be be plot, Be kind. Be polite. This is always a response. I'm not going to. So quit asking. Eric Sutherland's got me dying over here. What did Eric say? I'm always scared to put his up. He, he you can. He he actually hey, it. Bang. There you go. Read, read it off to him, Tim. Keep red, it carpet. red carpet. Red carpet covered in dog excrement. Mm -hmm. <laughs> here I come. Right there. Her bodyguards will spot that a mile away. You kidding me, dude? Yeah. yeah. But anyway. Maybe they'll, right. they'll dust off uh, the old uh, Aaron Rodgers golf cart for her. Give her a nice ride right through the tunnel. Mm -hmm. I guess that's what she said. <laughs> what was that, Amelia? I said, like I said, we'll get her in the bulletproof golf cart. We'll get her right up to her box. We'll take care of it. It'd be all right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Cowboys are up seventeen to seven, fellas. Oh, deep shot. That's pass interference. You can't yeah. do that. You're not allowed to do that. Big Mike, come on, Big Mike. Amelia. Yeah. <laughs> all right, send us home, Amelia. What you got, man? Uh, a couple more, a couple more sleeps, and it's game time. And uh, we'll see if uh, we're five and seven or six and six, climbing into the wild card. Uh, tonight it's going to be a big sign, and I'm excited to see how the Cowboys take that dub, and we move one step closer. The Vikings are off this week, so we'll get ourselves. Uh, if we can get that win, get us caught up to six and six, and we're off to the races. I like it. I like it, Tim. You got anything, Buff? Uh, no, that's it. I can't say anything else that I haven't already said um, other than uh, go, Pat, go. 
and uh, we're getting the dub. I'm going to be confident. I said it before the Detroit game. I'm saying it now. We're going to come out with a dub on Sunday. Go Pack. I believe, man. I believe. And uh, like uh, Omer and Larry said in the chat, if you guys would hit that like button for us so other Packer fans could find this uh, this channel and this content. I can't believe we just wasted 12 minutes of our life acting stupid. But, hey, that's what we do on this show, right? You get Paul Brettel to come in and tell you what you need to know, and then we ruin the whole damn thing by just talking about yeah. it. That's the way it works. So we're out of here, guys. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back tomorrow morning, uh, 8 a.m. Central Time, 9 a.m. Eastern for Good Morning Lambo. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. I want to say a special thanks to Paul Bretto, obviously, always bringing the thunder. Uh, congratulations to Chris N. being a YouTube member of the PTA Posse for a month now. I want to say thank you to Lucky for the super chat. Really appreciate you supporting the stream. Chris N., thank you for your super chats, and thank you for clearing up that you were just pointing out the mask and not saying that uh, that Tim was uh, looking like Tony Kornheiser. We definitely appreciate that because you know Tim's reaction. You call me anything you want, but don't call me that. was perfect. We're out of here. Y'all have a great night. We'll see you in the morning. Take care. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world and go back up. It's the power sweep. Actually, it's the... It's a lead play in our, in our offense. Tell the tackle, take the defensive end if he's over, if he's not, you drive down the first man who's inside. Pull back and get him. Take the first man outside the offense. Tackle. No one shows. Go right by this and feel this back. YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. Look at this play. We'll be trying to get a seal here and a seal here and try to run this play in the